What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. Right, we're back. It's a brand new week. It's going to be a different week this week because we're only going to be having one episode, which you are listening to right now. So Thursday, we're going to be off. We will be back to our regular schedule of Monday and Thursday next week, but I just want to give you guys a heads up. Uh, Also, want to give big thanks to everybody that went out and bought a t-shirt. Super cool of you guys. That really helps out pay the bills around here uh, for this stuff, so we we really greatly appreciate you. I can't even see who has, but a few people have written written me, and I want to thank you. Uh, So thank you from both of us here. Thanks. Appreciate it, guys. You guys rock. But... Also, today we're going to be doing a episode that will be dedicated strictly to the two movies we normally watch this week. So we're compiling this with our shots. We're going to skip the news and then just come back fresh next week. I got to catch up on some work uh, behind the scenes here on a lot of different stuff that I'm doing. So hope you guys understand, but we will be back fresh as a daisy. Uh, But how have you been, Brittany? How's things going? I've been excellent. Yeah, how's work? Has it slowed down a little? No. No, huh? It's still going. Still going. So when are you quitting? Still a nightmare. When are we going to be famous and like Uh, not not have to do that? It'd be fucking great if that could happen like immediately. (laughs) You hear that, guys? Get there and start retweeting and sharing everywhere. We got to get famous quick. Keep buying (laughs) t-shirts. I want to quit my job. (laughs) I love I me. Mean, I love my job. So sometimes, right? I love my boss. Of course, yeah. And my work wife's, but if you're working somewhere and you hate every single day, I would assume that that would probably be hell. I don't hate every day. I will yeah. say that there's Most things you hate, them. things things you like. Elements of every day I hate, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've just been fucking pounding away on the website and like editing. I'm trying to figure out a good balance here because I tend to do a little too much. I think. Uh, and it kind of drives me up the wall a little bit sometimes because it's like right when I get a moment, I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot to do this. I got to do this. So I've just been I mean, we've been doing the the Women in Horror Month this month and everybody's been doing, you know, we got the writers doing reviews and we got Kyle doing reviews. We got um, Sin Fury doing reviews. We got uh uh, Mark Doubt, who's been doing some like really great old pieces on like some of like forgotten mm-hmm. female horror actors, which has been like super cool too. So we've been pounding away, man. So yeah, it's been a really fun month. We are going to be doing that the fucking thing too. We're going to be doing a giveaway here soon. 
Giveaways. Probably just like a gift card to like Amazon or something like that for you guys. Free stuff. Yeah, it won't probably be anything that we just ship to you or anything like that. It'll just be like the code to the Amazon thing that you can use. So I did actually do something interesting this week. What? What did you do? So that's cool. I saw John Waters on Tuesday. You met him? No, I didn't. I didn't get to meet him, but oh. he's doing like this tour, doing a, like a one man show right now, oh, like going from city to city. And um, my girlfriend Deborah and her boyfriend have been trying to get Mouse and I to go on a double date with him for a while because um, he's um, retired military, so oh, okay. they get like super cheap tickets to comedy shows and concerts and all kinds of shit like sporadically. Nice. Um, so they've been trying to get us to go to a couple shows, but we haven't been able to go to any concerts with them lately. And she hit me up last week and was like, we got tickets to go see John Waters on Tuesday, you know, night before Valentine's Day. Like, would you a mouse want to go? And I'm like, I fucking love John Waters. Like, yes, yeah. I want to go. Like, And if you guys aren't familiar with who John Waters is, I feel really sorry for you. Yeah. Um, You need to educate yourself. Well, I know but... him pretty well because he's from where I grew up area. Yeah. Baltimore. Baltimore. Well, I think he might have grown up somewhere else earlier on he when he was younger, but he made all of his movies based around Baltimore, right? which, you know, you've probably seen some of them or heard about yeah. one of them. One of the most infamous ones Pink was Flamingos. Pink Flamingos, which has the talking butthole scene <laughs> yeah. uh, that was never seen in a movie before. He used, uh, there is a, one of the most like infamous drag queens ever is Divine. Right. Divine, and yeah. And he's... Um, Divine was in many of his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he also did Hairspray and Crybaby um, right. and a fucking number, a million of other fucking movies. But I think he's most well known for Pink Flamingos. Right. Um, so and, and as much as Mouse and I love drag drag queens and drag culture and they all love and praise him and we're of course, yeah. you know, big enthusiasts of RuPaul's Drag Race and um, Dragula and stuff like that. And they always talk about him and he's been on RuPaul's Drag Race many times like as a guest judge or well yeah because back in that time that was like really taboo yeah so he was like whatever man these people are like <laughs> you know this he is interesting it, yeah. shit like he loves what you... that shit and I mean yeah. his movies really like pushed the fucking envelope like, they really did they're crazy and he does so much shit like shit with shit literally like yeah. there's like scat shit in like every every movie he does basically there's like something to do with poop and he did that movie <laughs> pecker Remember yeah, that? yeah. <laughs> But it was really cool. It was a really fun. It was like an hour and oh, 30 minutes ish or so like of just him on talking. stage talking, you know, and at the end he did a Q&A with the audience and but yeah, it was it was pretty badass. That and is pretty badass. I really liked it. And I guess like we had great seats like, you know, a little bit higher up but they're dead center and it was awesome. Like it was a really really fun experience. So, I'm glad we got to do that. Man, you always have something more. That's why it's like always surprising to me because like I'm like locked away in the house, you know, like some fucking like creature that their family forgot, you know, and I'm like sitting here in front of the computer with my eyes. Yeah, like my eyes are bloodshot and I'm drooling in my dirty shit stained underwear. No, I'm kidding. But I'm just like making it as graphic as possible to seem like. That's uh, what stinks in here. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, don't, don't mind the flies, Brittany. Um, no, it's been, I've had, I feel like I've been boring the last couple of weeks because I haven't been doing anything but working. So that's Hey, welcome like, to the oh real my God, world. I actually did something. Yeah, like, hey. There is record. one thing that I am going to be doing that I'm kind of excited about. And one of my friend's bands, I can't say anything about it just yet, but he's doing another project with someone in LA and they listened to some of the stuff that me and him wrote and and he was like, you should sing on one of our tracks and this is going to be a big album. Sweet. So I'm like... 
okay, yeah, I'd be down, I guess. That's awesome. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, fuck, dude, I got to really put on my, you know, big boy pants here, you know? Yeah, you got to change your shit-stained underwear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't have shit-stained underwear, okay? He doesn't. I just stand around like I scratch the, the lint out of my navel. He still and I have whitey tighties on. That's how, we, that's how we do this here. I have a bucket right here next to the... I'm kidding. Anyway... <laughs> I think it's about that time, Brittany. Of course it's that time, Alex. Horse shots! So now we haven't told you what movies we're going to be watching today, because technically we usually do this on Thursday, so it's a little weird for us and probably you guys too, but... This week, today, instead of Thursday, we're going to be watching two movies that deal with possession in many different ways. Um, and the, one of those movies, the two movies that we picked were The Taking of Deborah Logan and Possession, which was from 1981. Yes. Yeah. It's a pretty infamous movie. It was a video nasty. And we were trying, I was trying desperately to figure out some way we could fit a shot in, but there, that movie is pretty indefinable. Like, I don't know how to define it at all. I don't think you can. Like, so it's it's really hard. So we picked Deborah Logan because in the movie, she spits venom at people that burns people's faces, kind of like Alien. Yeah. Which is weird. She's like a xenomorph. But She's like a snake or some snake, shit. Xenom- I don't know. <laughs> so today we're going to be doing what is called a Lady Venom. Which is a shot in ode to the taking of Deborah Logan. So, in this shot, we have a few ingredients. One of them is 99 coconuts. The next ingredient, we're going to mix all equal three parts of this, by the way. It is tequila rose, strawberry cream. Cream. And then we're taking in these little cans of sparkling Jose Cuervo margarita mix. It's not mix. (laughs) It's the actual whole thing. I like want to drink what's left of that. Yeah, no, no. I want to taste it for I sure. Too. Yeah, it looks interesting. I've never seen those before. I think the best way to do this, since we've never made one before, is to pour in directly into our mouths the tequila rose first because it's ultra creamy. Ew, it's disgusting. Creamy. <laughs> I don't know what it, like. You say it so weird. <laughs> well, I'm trying to make it sound fucked up. Oh, okay, well that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, I don't say it like that normally. <laughs> You guys want some cream? <laughs> People at the fucking st- at the coffee shop would fucking think I'm insane. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's normal. <laughs> I'll have some cream. You get the people that are like, I'd like some whipped cream. Some cool whip. Cool whip. What was that? Say that again. Cool whip. <laughs> cool whip. So one third tequila rose, one third 99 coconuts. Coconut. Coconut. Do you want that coconut? Coconut. <laughs> and then you pour out a little house of Cuervo. <laughs> Sparkling well, strawberry yeah, it's, margarita. It's, yeah, again, it's Jose Cuervo margaritas. They're little tiny cans. They're ready to drink. You don't have to mix anything. It's got 8% volume uh, uh, alcohol. Whatever. Shut up. No, you're going to put that down so we can take this fucking lady venom shot. Son of a bitch. Listen to him bass me. She's around. got like three fucking drinks over Shut here, guys. Up. Do you want this Jose Cuervo? I'll give it back to you. Oh, Ew! No. It's curdling. Ew! That looks disgusting. It looks like a little brain. Look on at top. it curdle. Mm. Oh, God, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it at all. Yeah, we're gonna puke. Hold on. Uh, cheers. Yeah, get your ears ready. Blech. Hold. 
Was yours as like solid as mine was? Like, I didn't try. I just downed it. <laughs> no, that was like it's a like drinking solid, sperm. Yeah, that was like the equivalent of jizz, like solid. Oh god. Well, it's lady venom. It's, it it's, was like you know what? It was like a really badly made Jello shot that sat out for too long. Yeah, it was kind of weird, guys. I'm not gonna lie. The taste is actually not bad. No, it tastes good. The coconut, I think, really complements it. I like it. It's actually yeah, it tastes really good. But I but yeah, you're gonna want to do it quick because it's it's. I don't know how if it curdles, but the tequila rose really doesn't mix with the other ingredients. I think you should use like a Malibu instead. I don't think it's that. I I think it's the actual margarita mix. No, I don't think a cream based anything. Creamy. By the way, guys, uh, Jars from Mars, I'll put a link down below, is probably going to be doing some uh, stickers for us. We were talking to her, and she does some really cool like decals and stuff for different stuff, and she's really good at it. She put my face on a sticker. We've had some of their stickers before. For any of the people that won some of our contest stuff, Like we actually gave them some of those. I don't even have any. Like We just gave them out. Yeah, I only have one. So she's thinking about doing that, guys. If you'd be interested in a sticker that you would slap on the back of your car, put it up in your window, whatever the fuck, put it on the back of your fucking laptop. I don't know. It's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those ones where you like put it on and then you pull off the thing. So it's like reversed. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. So you kind of like have to stick it on the window. How you're going to. You know what I'm saying? So it involves science. Reverse. Yeah. You have to think about it when you do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you're telling me. It's made with science. Science Science made this. (laughs) But we're still working that out. Um, Big shout out to uh, Jars from Mars, by the way, guys. You should check them out. Check out the link below. But uh, that's it. Oh. We blinded you with science. But but, uh, make sure that if you are interested in taking a Lady Venom shot, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out the hashtag horror shot section right now. That's it for horror shots. Horror shots. But I think it might be time now for us to jump into our flesh and potatoes right now of the taking of Deborah Logan and possession. So buckle the fuck up, folks, because we're going for a fucking ride. And believe me, one of these is a ride. So so we'll jump into our flesh and potatoes. Right meow. Right meow. All right, guys, so we're back, and we're going to jump into our flesh and potatoes right now. We're going to start it off with the movie I did all the research for, and we will be talking about first, which is The Taking of Deborah Logan. No one's British in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. But I will add the British flair. I don't even know if that's British. Please read it in the entire... I don't care. Just <laughs> yeah, let's be like uh, offensive to everybody. It's not offensive. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it could be, I guess. I you know. never know. I mean, I could just me talking could be offensive. Sorry, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm offensive all the time. Uh, so it's fine. suck it. it. <laughs> yeah, sit and spin. Yeah, <laughs> no one cares. How about I fart in your mouth? <laughs> Do it. Not my mouth, but <laughs> no, like yeah, someone yeah, else's no. mouth. <laughs> I used to know how to say, can I I'm fart in your mouth I'm a piss on these walls, Ray. <laughs> I'm a shit all over these walls, Ray. I'm a fart in your mouth. Oh, That's too, what she said. Too dirty. 
fucking love that movie. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to kick it off with The Taking of Deborah Logan, which came out in 2014. The story goes, an elderly woman battling Alzheimer's disease agrees to let a film crew document her condition. But what they discover is something far more sinister. Bum, bum, bum. This movie was directed and written and also partially produced by Adam Robitel, Robitel, I think. I don't know how to say his name right. I apologize. <laughs> uh, it's R-O-B-I-T-E-L. So Robitel. I don't know. Robitel? Works for me. Anyway, he is also the director of Insidious 4, The Last Key. He's also the writer on Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, which was not one of the better ones. <laughs> Uh, also an actor, he was in the 2001 Maniacs and its sequel with Robert England. Huh. He was in the Rules of Attraction, that old sort of like late yeah. alternative movie yep. about college. I remember. And he was also in Contracted, uh, Contracted 2, Part 2. The oh, one... fuck, I forgot they made a second one. Yeah. The Why? first one was okay, but the, the second one, one was... was mm. The first one was like, oh, yeah, it was okay. I mean, it was, Yeah. We're going to leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that, Brittany. Calm down. Just kidding. <laughs> but I didn't, I was like, why number two? And I'm like, well, like, whatever. One of the bigger producers, I mean, there was a lot, there was like 14 producers for this film. Jesus. Uh, but Brian Singer actually did do uh, production on this. Uh, he's the guy that was supposed to do the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, which he is no longer doing, I think, because of some issues. Remember, I don't know if you guys remember, Brian Singer disappeared off the set one day and didn't come back for like a week. Is it like a live, like what, is it Queen? Yeah, the movie. What? Yeah, they're doing Bohemian Rhapsody with Rami Malek. Is he playing Freddie Mercury? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I the guy from Mr. Robot, yeah. So Weird. Yeah, they had a trailer for it and everything, man. Weird. But yeah, Brian Singer... Okay quit or whatever he said he had some issues with somebody i think him and rami malik weren't getting along too well it was either him or it was the producer of the movie i can't remember but he's also done some other movies with the x-men uh he did like the the younger ones like days of future past and like a couple other ones you know what i mean so uh also the cast in this movie includes jill larson who plays deborah the older lady she was in wise guys and shutter island uh, oh, yeah. She, she wasn't in a lot of uh, movies that I recognized. That's where I recognize her from. She's only had like, I think, like 15 roles. And so, which is surprising because she's, she's really great. good in this movie. Um, it also stars Anne Ramsey, who is the daughter of Deborah Logan, who is Sarah Logan. She was also in the movies Critter 4, A League of Their Own. She was in the TV show Mad About You for a long time, and she she did like a hundred and some episodes of that, and she also did Six Feet Under and Dexter yep. as well. So she was in all all three of those shows. I like her a lot. She is good. She's a real natural actor. Mm -hmm. um, makes sense for the movie that this is, because this is kind it's of a found footage movie. Right. Um, also stars Michelle Ang, who plays Maya, or Mia, I can't remember. Mia. She is the documentarian uh, who is studying the Alzheimer's with Deborah Logan, who was suffering from Alzheimer's. Uh, she was also in Fear the Walking Dead TV show. Uh, quite a few episodes on that. Uh, she also was in a TV show called The Tribe for like a hundred and some episodes, like ridiculous. She also played Mia in Big Mama's House yeah. as well, so I thought I'd bring that up. Fuck, I haven't <laughs> seen that in forever. Yeah, uh, it also stars Brett Gentile, or Gentile. He plays Gavin, the editor, a.k.a. the guy who's probably one of the smartest 
The one that leaves. Characters in, the, in a horror movie ever. <laughs> right. Um, he was in, in Nightfeeders, Southern Gothic, Cold Storage, Seeking Justice. He did a bit part in the We're the Millers, which I do vaguely remember him in. And he was also in a TV show called Powers, uh, which I believe has David Tennant in it. It's a Sony uh, TV show hmm. that they have on their like service or something. Okay. Also, it stars Jeremy DiCarlo. Who is Luis, the cameraman? He was in Ben 10, Alien Swarm. Holy shit. And a ton of like really indie films that I had never heard of. So he's kind of a newer actor, but he has a, quite a lot of roles, but I just didn't recognize anything, so I didn't say. Uh, also, it stars Ryan Catrona, who plays Harris, the overly concerned neighbor. He is in The Last Boy Scout. He was the guy with the, the money and the gun. Did you watch that recently with him? No. But you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yes. You told me about it. He was the bad guy in the movie, basically. One of them. Okay. I can see that. Uh, He was the guy that had the, the, the bombs in the back of his car that blew up. He seems more like he's prone to play a bad guy character. Right, yeah. It looked like he was struggling to be a good guy. <laughs> he was also in In the Line of Fire... The Changeling, the 2008 version, not the old one. He was also in Hot Shots, Cuffs with Christian Slater, In the Army Now, and also Psycho the Remake in 1998. Hmm. So I tried to look up the budget on this film, but there wasn't a whole lot of buzz about it as far as like theatrical stuff. So they didn't really have any of the budget up on there. So I didn't really find anything. I didn't go digging too deep because they. I know that this was one of the movies that they didn't have screeners for anybody to, to like. Yeah. To like, like anybody that reviews movies at all. Like they didn't offer any reviewers to come see the movie. They just did it. So I don't know. Um, I don't know why they did that. That's but, weird. But what did you think about this movie, though? Um, It's not my favorite pos- like possession themed. Sure. Possession movie. <laughs> But it's not my least favorite by okay. far. I already know my least favorite of all of them, and nothing will ever top that as my least favorite fucking possession movie. Which so, is that, by the way? Um, well, didn't Jenny and I call it the Taking of Molly Shannon? But it's not that. It's called the, the Haunting of Molly or the Haunting of Molly Shannon. But it's called the Haunting of Molly Hartley. Oh, it's based whatever. off a real story. Uh, no, I don't know it why isn't? we call it Molly Shannon, but I think just we do. I okay. think maybe she's in it or something. I don't remember why, but <laughs> Jenny and I saw it like. We were the only ones in the theater <laughs> that went to go see this stupid fucking movie one day, like on a weekday, like forever ago. And this was after like the, what is it? The haunting or the, the exorcism of Emily Rose oh. was a big deal. Like a yeah, year because or two that movie prior. did pretty decent. That movie was great. Yeah. Like I actually really love that film. Uh, um, I'm up in the air with it. Like I watched it again more recently and I'm kind of like, meh, like it's not as good as I remember, but. It's right. still good. Um, but Molly Shannon is So the we went to see the Molly Hartley one or whatever, and we were like, all right, so this should be good. No. <laughs> it was fucking bad. terrible. Like, it, so terrible. you're saying that this is almost as bad as that? No. Oh, okay. I was like, this is Jesus. Way, this is way better. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, It's not my favorite, but it's not my least favorite. So okay. it's kind of in the middle. And I will give it... Like I'll tell you why I feel like it rides more in the middle is because it without is... Without spoiling. Yeah, it uh, without spoiling it, it is a unique take on this whole possession kind of um franchise if you will like or this idea okay um trope. for films trope whatever subgenre you know what i'm saying but like this kind of like, the taking of somebody or a possession or yeah. whatever and um it was a, it was different 
but it was still kind of weird, <laughs> like, but not necessarily in a good way. A little bit of a convoluted story that kind of started one way and then took a weird fucking turn over here and then ended up this way. And there was a lot of elements. She's pointing in directions, by the way. I guys. am. Yeah, I forget you can't <laughs> see me. Um, but there's a lot of elements that get tossed in in the last like 30 minutes that I feel like they're reaching for. Okay. To make the story make sense and take it the way they wanted to because they couldn't give a good story with what they initially planned on. So I don't know. It's still cool. It's made well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was entertained. And what I appreciated a lot about it was they don't rely super heavily on jump scares. Oh, okay. And they they kind of rely more on creating a... It has a few. It does have a few, but they're not like very powerful by any means. Like, yeah, it didn't just startle me. Meh. You know, they're yeah. just kind of meh, which is fine because I really fucking hate, and I've talked about this before, I really hate movies that rely purely on jump purely, scares yeah. and just having a loud fucking noise to startle you and get a rise out of you. I hate that shit because I yeah. think it takes away from the story. It doesn't build sus- like doesn't build suspense. It just annoys the shit out of you when it happens and then it distracts you and you miss something, you know? So what they did really well here was they worked more on making like creepy imagery and they did really well with building suspense. Okay. And actually like making you go, oh my God, like something's going to happen. What's going to happen? And sometimes nothing does. And then sometimes something big happens, but it's not like this crazy overdramatic moment. It's, it works. It was subtle, but it was still powerful. Okay. So I did really appreciate that about this movie. Okay. So there's a lot of things about it I really liked and I thought they did a really good job. So, I mean, would I watch it again? Yeah. I yeah. I've already watched it twice. So really? Oh yeah. Yeah, I watched yeah. it when it first came out because sure. it looked cool, and I had everybody had has seen the fucking screen grab of like one of the major scenes in the movie. Right. Yeah. And that's what really ties people into it. It entices you, and you go, "What the fuck is that?" Like, yeah. I'm gonna watch this fucking weird ass movie, right? And right. then like, yeah, the payoff when they get to that scene, it's worth it. Right. So it is worth it. It's cool. But that's not the only beautiful, redeeming. creepy, redeeming okay. quality in yeah. a movie. There's a lot of really good elements. Okay. So. Well, I I think this is probably the worst case of Alzheimer's I've ever seen. Completely agree. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like they couldn't continue with that story, so they made some other bullshit up. But that's, I, that's I, how I, thought I... Was, I thought it was a cool thing. It's not like I, I don't think it's that original because you also have movies like uh, The Exorcist Three, which was basically about old people uh, who were either sick or dying or mentally gone. Like mentally, um, right. you know, having a lot of really strong mental problems, schizophrenia, things like that, because the demon would try to attach itself to something who was weak minded. Right. I think Jill in this movie, though, Jill Larson, who plays Deborah in this movie, this is like her best role ever. It's incredible. It is seriously haunting what she does the little looks that she gives the camera several times throughout the movie just makes you uncomfortable as fuck yeah like i the whole thing that i thought of the whole time was like her mood swings are pretty unnerving because she goes from like this super sweet and super innocent confused old lady to downright i'm gonna fucking cut your face open look like Mm -hmm. it is like evil and I would, I wouldn't, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't want to fuck with that lady, even though she's like really skinny and kind of like sweet, but like, man, I don't know. This is probably the best. She was probably the best choice for this movie. She's fucking fantastic. Like, I, I can't even get over every scene with her in it is incredible. 
And I don't know. I just wish I could just watch just her. Well, and, <laughs> like nothing else. I don't need anything else in the whole movie. Like you know, the craziest so cool. thing about her is is that when all the stuff that I looked up and to to check out this movie, which there wasn't a whole lot. Yeah. Everybody said that she is one of the super nicest people you've ever met, and to see her act in this role is so stark mm-hmm. from her own personality that it is in- amazing. Just the fact that she could go to that place. Because it's kind of believable, like... It is believable as fuck. Yeah, like, I didn't feel like she was overdoing it. She... It was just... It's jolting sometimes, like, how she just... I don't know. Like, some of it wasn't perfectly executed, but her acting was... I have no problem with her acting whatsoever. She is the redeeming quality of this movie. Oh, yeah, she carried it. Yeah, if they didn't have her... And I mean, it's well written. Like, sure. it is well written. Her roles are very well written. Like, her dialogue is great. Like, every interaction that you have with her character is is fantastic. But their casting was spot fucking on for this. Like, if they yeah. didn't have her playing that role, this movie would have been so fucking flat. It just wouldn't have worked. Well, I saw the two casting people, these two ladies. I can't remember the name because I just wasn't planned to talk about them necessarily. Mm-hmm. But they had, like, a small interview, and they were talking about uh, how Anne, the the daughter, and the mom were their big choices. The director pretty much chose Deborah. Like, they, they both love both of the, the mom. And, and she's actually only 13 years younger than jill larson supposedly i don't know if that's true but supposedly uh they didn't mention it in the interview but i just thought it was interesting that you know they picked some really good people like you said so but yeah i i think it's a good i I actually really enjoyed it um it's not a movie that i'm like oh my god this is so original i gotta see it it's just it's a good example of found footage done in a better way than most right so a lot of people I've heard that want to go see this movie went into it with really low expectations and ended up coming out somewhere in the middle like you did Mm -hmm. because there are such like freaky weird things in this movie because they don't they do do some jump scares but they do have little things that they do in this movie that just creep you the fuck out yeah and how committed Jill Larson was to this role is just I can't state that enough like it is her. Yeah. This movie is her. And she makes you so uncomfortable. Right. So many times. That look, man. It's awesome. And like a lot of the makeup work in this is really, really, really good. Yeah, they did a good job. Really good. Like the effects are awesome. It just created all of these really cool, creepy, unsettling images that I loved. And that was making me live for this fucking film. Like, I'm just like, holy shit. Like, they're doing so many cool things. And, like, the camera tricks and work, like, working that they're doing with it. And different, um, how they're handling the lighting and the angles and her. And I don't know. It was really cool. There and, is some gore in it, too, by the way, guys. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are on the fence about found footage films. But I wouldn't put this into the bad category. No. Like, I at least seen enough found footage movies that I can at least, I feel, know a little bit about it. Although there have been movies where people just like, like I've been told Cloverfield sucks by some of my close friends. And I'm like, I don't think it's bad a bad found footage movie. Like there is so much worse. Mm-hmm. But this one in particular, it's not Cloverfield, clearly. But <laughs> but it is a good one, I think. Uh, we'll get into scores later. But um, there is some, some kind of interesting trivia about this. It was shot in North Carolina and they had the premiere there. Brett Gentile or Gentile said that Everything sort of just came together, so a lot of the script 
was written on the spot and changed as they shot it because it's it's a found footage movie so you have to give a little bit of leeway to just off the cuff stuff and so he uh add a lot of his own humor into the movie he said so he said it it the script sort of kind of evolved as they were shooting it and i'm pretty sure that they shot it in order it seems that way they might have done a couple of pickup shots here and there for certain things but i'm pretty sure that it was just you know building and building and building yeah. yeah he also said that he's absolutely 100 percent petrified of horror movies and that he hates the genre <laughs> he doesn't hate the people or anything he just doesn't like the genre because he cannot handle it he gets scared out of his mind by watching horror movies so point. and he's been in quite a few <laughs> so it's kind of interesting yeah that he's fell into that you know it's a fun contrast i liked his character in this movie because of one thing that he does and we'll talk about that in a little while also uh jeremy DiCarlo said that he was inspired he was the guy who was behind the camera he wasn't used to trying to act in a horror movie so in order to put himself in the moment where, because like they're always telling him like, hey, this is really scared. Like you're really freaking out. You got to freak out. So he he walked around the hospital in the dark by himself for like an hour one time to just give himself the creeps about it, hmm. you know, and like freak himself out a little bit. And he said it kind of helped him to act a little bit more, although you don't really see him. Yeah, you just hear him. You just hear him. You see his face a couple of times, but um, he also shadowed the director of photography. So while the guy was holding the camera and the lighting and everybody, it, like the guy that was holding the camera was pretty much, he was like over his shoulder the entire time because they had to kind of trade off holding the camera sort of in a way because he would like put his hands in and do weird things to make it realistic since he's the actor and not the cameraman. So, but I think he did do some of the camera work. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have. I, I really like the fact that everybody said that Jill Larson, though, was such a sweetheart. Like, everybody just thought she was a beautiful person. Like, that's all they ever said. They were like, she's just a beautiful person, like, through and through. She was the sweetest old lady, like sweetest lady ever. So uh, so let's go over some of our favorite scenes and then we'll wrap it up. Um, what are some of your favorite scenes of the movie is in order as much as you possibly can? I hate rules. There's rules, just Brittany. Kidding. You can't just jump to the end. Um, one that made me laugh, actually, in the beginning, it's. It was just funny because I was thinking it and then they said it like right when I was thinking it when they first arrive um, and they meet Deborah and Sarah and the crew is talking to her and then she gets kind of um, freaked out and she says she doesn't want to do it. And so she goes, Deborah, and, yeah. Deborah says she doesn't want to do the film. So she goes inside and Sarah's trying to talk to her and, and they're in this like immaculate, like farmhouse, right? Like this house is Picture huge, perfect, yeah, huge and fucking beautiful. And I don't know. It looks like a plantation, like with a small several plantation. attics, by the yeah, way, with a million fucking closets or whatever. <laughs> Attic, and I love yeah. later on the Louise has a funny line about that too. But, yeah. um, anyway, so they're, they're filming them inside the house. You can't hear them. But you're, they're filming them, and then it's the the one dude talking to Mia, the guy with the beard and glasses. Yeah. Oh, that's Brett. Brett. Okay. So. But his name's Gavin in the movie. Gavin. Yeah. There it is. So he's yeah. just like, because they basically she's telling him like, you know, we need this, we need to do this for the money and whatever, and he just goes, I thought these people were poor. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Why do these people need this money or something? Yeah, like, they get they're this like big looking ass at house. this big ass house. And I'm just like, I literally was thinking that right before he said it. <laughs> and I was struggling with that as soon as they showed the whole property. So it's it sounds stupid to say that was my one of my favorite scenes, but I like the little hints of humor that they had in this. I felt right. like they were timed really well. Um and this was like your first interaction to their personalities. Gotcha. For the people involved in the movie. So you kind of knew who was gonna be Sure. What way and who was going to act in whatever way they could. And then you kind of got to see Deborah's character, her acting chops oh, like yeah. right away, too, because she switches pretty immediately from being this very sweet, proper old woman. And then she just kind of gets she shuts down. Right. Yeah. And just like says, you know, finds well, it's kind of frustrating, like, I'm sure, to be confused like that sometimes. Right. You know? And be called out on it all the time. And right. Can't control yeah. That. So she did a really good job of, of um, instantly like portraying her character and being convincing so that was your first real introduction to her right. so i thought that was really cool well and the director also let that brett guy uh, who plays gavin he said you know okay brett let her loose let her loose you know do your thing like just add some of your flair in there he added actually added his own yeah. comedy and that lived a lot of it yes nice so he just said that that's how i would want to be in that situation yeah that makes on sense. certain things but uh um one of my favorite scenes was deborah and sort of towards the middle, she starts playing three blind mice on the piano, and she slowly turns and kind of smiles at the camera. Like, Ugh. it's like, ding, 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 ding. She's just like creepy, dude. Like, I was yeah. like, and it was just like this little static shot where the camera was completely still, and you just see her playing, and then she just kind of turns her head to the right and looks right at it and just smiles as she's pushing the keys real softly. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. You'll back the fuck up, Deborah. Nope. <laughs> the whole time, I'll no fucking thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right, guys. I'll see you later. Have a nice documentary. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. She's going to suck my soul out of my head. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> Next scene that I really, really loved was shortly after that. Okay. Um, To make sense of what I'm going to say is she had made a career being a switchboard operator in this like tiny town called eczema which was the name which i thought was really fucking bad terrible name. yeah like of all the names you guys are really eczema eczema city yeah. or whatever the fuck it is so stupid they're a town of eczema and i'm like it might be a real town who do we i don't know i hope not i it don't know sucks. it probably is but yeah that's um, where they had the outbreak of eczema yeah that's where it started <laughs> yeah um so she what that's how she made this career for herself and her daughter like she, her husband had died you know, when their daughter was young. And so she became this switchboard operator and she managed all the doctors and important people in the town and she controlled all their messages and whatever. Right. Which ends up being her connection to who ends up possessing her and whatever. Right. Um, so she, at one point, everybody's asleep and they show prior to her getting up out of bed and then at one point taking off her robe and I'm like, old lady butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she just disappears into like this closet and, or what looks like a closet pretty much. It's an attic, it's I think. an attic or yeah. whatever. And then all of a sudden there's like loud ringing, uh, like starts going off throughout the house yeah. and everybody's all confused because it sounds like an old phone. So they pick up this rotary phone that's in the room and it's not ringing and they pick it out, like pull it out of the wall and everything. And that's not what it is. And there's these speakers that are all throughout the whole house. And then Sarah ends up running out. She's like, it's the switchboard. It's her switchboard. That thing hasn't operated in 20 years or whatever. And you're like, so they go, they try and find what closet that it's in. <laughs> right? Yeah. right. And there's this whole, like there's all these crazy moments that lead up to that when they're looking in all these tiny, like accordion door closets and like well you see closets but he says attics throughout the whole thing yeah well they 
she calls them a, attics. Yeah, they're actually their attics where stuff is hidden. But yeah, it's like an attic that has several doors. But it's like in a closet or something. Like the one that they end up finding her in. Yeah, it's they had to go upstairs. Weird. They had like to go they, upstairs. And they go through the the. It's a closet with the accordion doors mm, that maybe. they keep. Like they make these tense moments where they think you're gonna open this closet door and there's like someone's gonna pop out or something. But anyway, they eventually like go in and find her and they climb up these like little stairs or whatever and the lighting is done really cool and she's sitting in front of the switchboard naked yeah and plugging into 337 337 she keeps taking it out plugging it in which was my old bus by the way oh really old high school bus number i was 338 (laughs) really yeah that's weird funny i was 138 for a long time and then i was and then i changed it to 338 that's really weird pretty it was funny um So, but the but she's plugging into three thirty seven on the switchboard, right? Over and, and over. She's just and how she's moving and everything is just really cool. And I mean, she's an older older woman, and she's sitting there stark naked, and she's like super thin and skeletal. And then she's got all these like sores and stuff on her, and and because she's been you know dealing with this, and that's part of the possession. And but then she starts speaking in tongues, essentially. But it's it turns it's out French. to be French, yeah, and. It's She's just like, this, yeah. She turns it gets this crazy fucking like de- like demonic like power voice and starts moving very erratically as she's doing it, and then all of a sudden it just like um, electrocutes her or makes like it looks like it electrocutes her. It sparks out really big and it right. freaks everybody out. But that whole scene is really cool. They created this really great tense moment. Yeah. In that watching it, like you don't see that that's gonna happen. Like you know, she's probably gonna end up talking like a demon at some point. But it it was just it was beautiful and poetic, and then it got fucking creepy, and I loved it. That was a good scene. I like that. That you know that when they flashed right before. Oh, in the face. They oh, have the... you can see her final form. It's crazy. Yeah, no, that that tripped me out. Form. They did that a couple times. And I didn't see any other times, but it. that one I did because it was just. It's just a, it's like a yeah. quick little, it's like a very good blot, like in your face. Yeah, like thing. the, like if you're watching Fight Club and they put the big dick in the fucking, <laughs> in the thing, it was just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> the other one that was really cool that was kind of a jump scare was where they find her in this room staring out a window all the time, and it's like first of all that's just creepy in itself. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the fact that you're walking in on a woman that you can't even be in the same room with and feel comfortable with, even when she's on a good day, like the fact that you're walking into a dark room with a lady who's staring out a window in the middle of this room with nothing else in there really, and and like they they basically had found her get out of the house at one point in time, and she went out that window and started digging holes in the ground like naked, half naked, and then they she would nail like the old lady Deborah would nail the window shut a lot of times in her more. Um, normal state. No, nah, I wouldn't say normal. What is it called? Uh, she was like aware. Yeah. Yeah. Like whatever. Cl- like I can't even think. A very clear state because she was trying to keep something out. Uh, but like they go in the room and she's staring out the window. Or no, was it? Oh, no, that's right. It was after this. Mm-hmm. They go to the window and they're like freaked out by this because they'd like been seeing paintings with like this weird dark figure by that window. Yeah, and it's under the ones underneath it. Right. Yeah. So they this one guy puts a crucifix on the window on one of the nails and then all of a sudden he turns to the right and she's like she's standing there. She, yeah, <laughs> she was all like she shows up and it's like sudden and it's just like she's like you're letting out all the heat. <laughs> and then she's the window just slams open by itself before you can even look back. 
Yeah. So it's just like, wow. I was like, hell no. I was no. like, Ugh. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'd push her out the window and then like go. I would drop kick an old woman. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> fuck Get you. Get the fuck out. Fuck you. <laughs> by, the, by the way, I call that one the switchboard scene. I called it Debbie Does Switchboard. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I'm just like, oh, lady butt. <laughs> oh, lady butt. Do you have another one? Yeah, actually. I like, um, I really liked, even though I thought it was stupid, like the, the whole explanation and reasoning as to who possessed her and why. Oh, uh, okay. Annoyed the fuck out of me. I don't know what it was. I was just like, why? Okay. Come on. Like, I don't know. It was just stupid. And then the name and everything. I'm like, I did, however, like how they told that story okay. um, with like the visuals and like the footage sort of that they use, like television footage or whatever it was, news story, footage clippings and shit like that. And the actual like quote unquote crime scene photos and how they did that was really Seemed authentic. Cool. It did. And it was visually it was stunning. So it worked for me. Um, and I liked that. I like how they told it, even though, like I said, I thought it was dumb. Okay. But, um. And one actually that I did want to mention that I forgot that happened a little earlier when she's in the hospital and she's talking to her doctor and her doctor's having her make the letters out of the blocks. Oh, yeah. Okay. To test her memory. She's like scratching at her arm where she keeps like pulling at her skin on her arm. And then all of a sudden she just rips a whole fucking like string of of flesh flesh off. And the lady's like, no, don't do that. She's all calm as fuck about it. And I'm like, ew. Yeah. (laughs) Ew, that's like the memes or whatever that you see when you have like the little piece of skin on the side of your fingernail and you're just like, I'm just going to pick this. And the next thing you know, your whole hand's like bleeding. It's yeah. Like, oh, you rip off all your skin. I, mean, <laughs> I thought like, it looked ah. a little fake at that point. It did. But, yeah. but it was still cool. The was like cool. effect was still I didn't see that coming. Decent. No, I wasn't like, expecting it. I saw her scratch and I was like, ah. They got me at that moment. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's where we're going with this. Do you remember the part where uh, Deborah tries to swallow her figurines? Yeah. That's what she was choking on. Mm-hmm. And like they were trying to, like the, the neighbor comes over, Harris comes over to like, try to help her and like pulls the figurine out and throws it on the ground. And uh, it, just shortly after that, they're like wrapping up all the figurines. And oh, yeah, Deborah's like, why do you why do we have to wrap all these up? I mean, I don't understand. And why do we have to put them away? And she's like, well, because you like to eat them. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mom, I was so sad, but like I kind of laughed a I little. Was, I was like, oh, but the way <laughs> like, she was, she was like, oh, just stop it with that. Yeah. Like she doesn't remember it. You know what I mean? She's like, oh, I don't understand why we have to do this. But it wasn't Alzheimer's, guys. It was something else. Okay. Yeah, it, was a, it was like a murderer demon or yeah. something that she killed. And I don't know. It, it took a weird turn. Um, I, there is two parts extra that I can think of. Weird turn. One of them is, is the 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 uh, Gavin guy, the editor guy, who is a part of the crew, uh, who's doing the documentary. At one point, what happens? What was it that? She, oh, was it when he tries? She tries to stab him or something like that? Or well, no? that was in the beginning. That was like in the That's first right. like ten minutes. But of the this movie. was like something happens. I can't remember what it was in specific, but. He's like, you know what? This is fucking creepy as shit. I think it was after. Oh, it was after the fucking switchboard. It was a little after that. Yeah, cause cause that, that was the scene. Like he plays the back the audio, and he that's where they get that's the audio. Right. And so he figures that out, and then it's something that happens after that. I can't remember what it was, but he was just either. like, "This is it. I'm fucking done." He gets in the car, oh, and the they're window. all trying to. They're all trying to talk to him. It was they're the trying window. to convince him. Yeah, the window that's when it goes it up. 
Well, he's they're all trying to convince him to stay. They're like, look, this is going to be a really good documentary. You got to stay. He's like, I want double. And then she was like, no, he's like, you know what? I'm fucking done. I'm out. I'm out. And he gets in the car. They're yelling at him. And then he's like, no, he's like, I'm fucking out of here and fuck you. And then just drives off. Oh, no, no, no. You know what it was? It was the the crucifix in the window thing. And then um, the Harris. The neighbor. Oh. He shoots up their van. That's what it was. Yeah. And he's like, no, no. He's all fucking done. done. And then what's with the horn on their fucking van, by the way? But it's like that stupid, I don't know. The Dixie song. (laughs) Everyone's like the. Whistling Dixie. Yeah, like what? I was like, why that? Like, that was so unnecessary. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think they wanted a little bit of a, like, breathe moment. But they Maybe. just had it when he was like, you know what? And fuck you. And everybody's like, I was laughing. And I then think they do the stupid song, the I, horn. I'm like, that's stupid. Okay, guys, I'm going to spoil this one last thing. Just just a little. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, just close your ears for about one minute. <laughs> close your ears. Yeah, don't listen to this Earmuffs. part. If you don't want to spoil, but I have to mention it because this shit fucking cracks me up because they find she takes this cancer patient into a cave and you see her like around a rock like Deborah's like sucking on a kid's head who has cancer (laughs) and it's like a snake and it's fucking insane. Yeah, she's she's basically a snake. She just like completely um, just... Yeah, she she opens her jaw. Unhinges she, her yeah, jaw. Unhinges her jaw and is like trying to suck the kid down whole. But the weird thing, the thing, the reason I'm bringing this up is because at the very end, and like I said, guys, don't listen. She, and we'll try to make this quick. She, the girl gets better from cancer. Right. And it's like, first of all, don't like possess possessions like weaken the body like why would she just have cured cancer all of a sudden well i mean we're talking facts here with possessions guys <laughs> i interpreted it a different way okay um and how i because the she gave her her life the demon soul enter is able to enter a body when it's in a weakened state so she gets interrupted while she's trying to what we think is eat this girl no 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 i get the part where she gets possessed i'm gonna have no issue with that yeah but the fact that her cancer is cured yeah I didn't, and I didn't it's in remission that doesn't make any sense i didn't to necessarily me. understand that part either but at the same time they're trying to build this story that it's yeah it, the demons now in this little girl's body but. right they wanted to kind of like leave it open a little bit yeah so it's like his job was finally complete yeah, the so. taking of molly i think that shannon yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's where they were going was that it's like his um the he was uh, trying to get his soul into something anyway that's what it, and that's why he he finally completed whatever it was that he was trying right. to do which is what completed the mission essentially i'm not thinking of the right terminology right now but well yeah that was his goal all so along he, did it, he, he had and to kill five girls to live forever or i think something. that since it did it that way so now he's immortal so that's probably why she's right. cured oh. and stuff essentially because he's completed the um the ritual the ritual that's the word i was looking for he completed his voodoo ritual so now he's immortal and now he's gonna live his life as a child 
yeah, and I, take over the world. I don't know. It's fucking stupid. I like the movie, <laughs> though. I still like the movie. Uh, I think it's worth... It's definitely something I'll watch every once in a while. Just, like, because... Like, I definitely want to own it. Like, I, I, it's it's like 40 bucks on Amazon right now, and it's hard to find, by the way, guys. Like, Why? really hard. So we had a tough time doing that, uh, but we figured it out. It used to be on Netflix for a little while, but it's not anymore. So you're going to have a hard time finding it. So I'm sorry to say. If you have a Samsung device or phone or whatever, Google, it's on Google Play. Is it? Like oh, it is on bucks. Google Play. Okay. That's where I watched it. Oh, okay. It's like four bucks on Google Play. It's not to too rent bad. it for 48 hours, and I think it's like $12 if you want to buy it. Hmm, interesting. It's probably going to get taken down, so you might want to hurry on that, guys. Probably. Because it was nothing on Amazon or anywhere else. Nowhere else. Uh, but we do have another movie that we're going to talk about that has to do with possession in a different sense. Well, a couple of different ways. Brittany's going to do this right now. So take her away, Brittany! I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> All right, guys, the next movie we're doing for you today... Is called Possession from 1981. Maybe kind of not as well known to a lot of you, but probably many, many, most of you. Yeah, it's it's even it's a it's a pretty lost uh, gem to some, and uh, also lost weird oddity to yeah. others. So I don't know. I was really excited when you mentioned you wanted to do this because I wanted to watch it for a long time. So basically, it is about a woman. That starts exhibiting increasingly disturbing behavior after asking her husband for a divorce. Suspicions of infidelity soon give way to something much, much more sinister. Oh my god, it sounds like Deborah Logan. Oh yeah, it sounds so stupid. Doesn't it sound, that's the exact same (laughs) thing that Deborah Logan. Very similar verbiage. Look, look, look. I was like, what the hell? The last line is, what they discover is something far more sinister. Yeah, but everyone uses sinister to describe everything. Right, yeah, it's the darkest. One of the darkest words. (laughs) It's dumb. Anyways, this was directed and written by Andres Zulowski, who is known probably most widely for the film The Devil. And also Fidelity and Cosmos. That's a newer one, yeah. Which is a newer one, yeah, yeah that he's done. Um, it stars Isabel and Johnny, who plays a uh, Johnny, a Johnny, who plays two characters. Um, most prominently Anna, and she also plays another character named Helen, right? Um, who is in a lot of movies that are not in English. That are not in English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the only actor in this entire movie that does primarily. English movies is Sam and uh, Heinrich and, guy. And Heinrich was a German actor, really. Primarily, I've seen him in something else. Um, he's done some like American films, but yeah. or that were done in English. But he's a German actor. Okay, and mostly everybody that she was did? German or Polish or whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, she's in um Queen Margot, Toxic Affair, uh, Nosferatu the Vampire, which okay. was kind of I don't Do you know what year that like one was remake. What? Must have been. Yeah, well, there's many. Um, And another movie called The Tenant. Oh, okay. It also stars my favorite, what in the Sam Neill? Sam Neill, who plays Mark, <laughs> um, who I always forget is in this movie, and this is one of my favorite movies ever, and I feel like we need to do it because it has one of the greatest fucking, most heartbreaking death scenes I have ever fucking watched, and it still kills me to this day when I watch it. Um, It's called In Her Skin, and it's a based on a true story of a girl who is murdered by her babysitter in Australia. Oh, I think I'm... I'm oh, it's awful. Like, really? it's amazing. It's a, it's a fucking brilliant film, and it is so fucking good. But there is one, like, the scene where she dies. Oh. Okay. Holy fuck. Like, it's still, like, thinking about it, I'm just like, god damn. Like, I cried the first time. I, I still cry every time I watch it, because I'm just like, oh, it breaks your fucking heart. 
Yeah. It's really sad and it's really powerful. And both the actors or actresses that are fucking incredible. But okay. we should do that movie because it's really fucking phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. Keep that. I'll keep that. Write that down. Yeah. I will. Now I, I will because I forgot he was in it. I think he plays her dad or something. I don't remember what who he is in it, but he is in it. Anyway, um, he's also in Event Horizon. Of course. Of course. Jurassic um, Park. And Jurassic Park and yeah. a million other movies. Um, and he's also in Peaky Blinders, the series. He's in I, most episodes of it. I don't know. I, don't I haven't watched it yet. It, yeah. But anyway, and also has Heinz Bennett, who plays Heinrich, who is from The Serpent's Egg, Son of Hitler, and The Last Metro. Um, primarily a German actor, but he has done some stuff uh, outside of that, but not a lot. And I think he's dead now, actually. Is he okay? He passed away in like 2000 and something interesting actor eccentric yeah yeah especially in this movie yeah for that, sure. those are pretty much the only big actors um, in it, really there's not that yeah, many there's one more that i that i had um who's also another big german actor was margit um karnstensen karnstensen who plays margit golkmeister oh the the best friend or neighbor whatever no, i think it, it was her best the, friend yeah, yeah with the, the one that cast sh- on her leg yes um she's in shattered glass satan's brew and angry harvest she's a she's a lot of films that she's been in as well okay um she has a really small role for the most part but one of the scenes that she's in is one of the most dynamic towards the end so uh, okay yeah really yeah yeah that's true so, Alex, what were your thoughts on this movie? Uh, I have quite a bit to say. It's hard <laughs> to try to describe this movie, guys. So I kind of wrote down all of my thoughts. And there is so many thoughts because it's there's a lot to unpack when you watch this movie, okay? I've tried to watch this movie a couple of times. I never made it past the 30-minute mark because it is really slow in the beginning. And for those of you that cannot wait uh, for things to happen, this is probably a no-go for you. But for those of you who are looking for something eccentric, weird, unlike anything you've ever seen, this is the movie for you. Possession's kind of a movie that is part double entendre and after further research also is able to make a statement about politics with the Cold War, uh, which is is it's extremely theatrical with heavy beats of symbolism and body horror in it. So it's got a lot of genres in it, and I honestly couldn't stop watching it. Um, I caught on pretty quickly that this is a story about two people falling out of love and not exactly sure why that is or where it ends up. It's probably more interesting where it ends up. Uh, the symbolism in it, it makes you kind of kind of focus on that a little bit. I picked it up kind of quickly. Yeah. I, I mean, I knew that they were trying to exaggerate different emotions, different things that happen to make it more interesting, I guess. Uh, it's super unique, has some of the craziest, best performances you will never see elsewhere. The lead actress, Isabel Ajani, was insanely good. She oh, yeah. literally was possessed for this movie, this role. Uh, people talk about Linda Blair in like a possessed movie. Like she's got nothing on nothing on her. her. Absolutely nothing. How anyone can act that way is beyond me. It's, it's a spectacle to watch and it's an unnerving one at that. Oh yeah. So we will, we'll dig deeper a little bit into why this can be considered a horror film. But for now, let's just say humans can be pretty horrifying as well. And the human approach that they have in this movie and the symbolism of breaking up is also pretty terrifying, especially if you're looking through the lens of Zolowski. It's uh, super surreal and also real at the same time, which is kind of confusing. Uh, it's very disturbing to a lot of people and confused me more than once. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm still confused. Like everything almost feels like it's specifically made uh, like God would do it. I don't know how to explain it. Just I, I, I'm not trying to over talk this movie, but I just couldn't stop thinking about it after I was done watching the movie. So I think it's a must see, but probably not a movie for everyone. If you're sort of a take it as it is kind of person and you just kind of want things laid out skip this but this is this is definitely not a movie for you if you're just a regular kind of like casual movie watcher yeah fans of art house and thriller films the likes of like Lars von Trier Alejandro Jodorowsky Jodorowsky Michael Haneke or even David Lynch or Cronenberg would probably really love this movie um, it's not a movie that I'm going to watch like over and over and over again. I will watch it again later, but it's kind of like going through a car accident. It's exciting to talk about afterwards, but you don't want to watch it every year. Right. You don't want to go in a car accident. It. Yeah. You don't want to relive it all the time. So, but that's all I think about it. I felt, I feel like a, a good way to, I guess, entice people to watch it is if you like the film Antichrist. He's very similar. You're going to like this one. Because in a lot of ways, it's very, very similar. Um, to, and I love Antichrist. I, that's one of my favorite films. He was inspired by this movie. But it makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. Because it's, there's so many elements that feel the same. Yeah. And I just felt like Antichrist did a better job at getting to the point faster. It's a little more artistic, too, but it's also years in and advance. And Antichrist is also... Like, it goes yeah. an extra mile of batshit crazy on top of this one. But uh, either yeah. way... Both incredible films, but a lot more people know of Antichrist and not Possession. And I feel like if you like one, you're going to like this one. Or you like Possession, you're going to like Antichrist if you haven't seen the other or whatever. It's a good way, to I, f- I feel like, to make it relatable to some people who haven't heard of it. I am still trying to unravel my thoughts on this movie, to be honest, because there's a lot there. Sure. Um, You could watch this movie several times and still pick up something new. Right. Uh, and I feel like the more you rehash it in your head and the more you talk about it with somebody who's seen it the more elements are gonna come out that make sense to you or aren't gonna make sense to you like i i still i I just know that i really loved it and it is art like this is art and in the weirdest sense too it came out in one of the most toxic times in history right and it was filmed and one of the things that was so interesting about it too was where it's filmed what's standing in the background of where they filmed and all the stories there and then the heartbreak and the death and everything that was in the city of Berlin, which is where they filmed it. And this was in the Turkish, uh, they filmed this actually in like the Turkish area of, I've heard a couple different things. Um, well the documentary or the making of documentary, whatever that I watched it, they're talking to the, the casting Mm -hmm. woman who did the casting for it. And that's, this is like the Turkish like era area or whatever where they filmed it. And they show it now, which is interesting that like they go to it now, obviously, because the wall's no longer Yeah, there, there was a wall literally dividing the street. Yeah, that's the... And the the Berlin the, Wall. The Berlin Wall, which is no longer there, as we all know, but they, they show that... Thanks to uh, David Hasselhoff. Yeah, thanks, Hoff. <laughs> thanks, bro. If it wasn't for him, man, I tell you, he's a hero. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember that shit on TV, I dude. I know, me too. You can watch well, the video, I, I, by I the don't. way. When it happened, but he I did one of his songs. Seeing it. I know, I've, oh I've, I've seen the clips. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt times. you. Uh, no, it's fine. The Hoff. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, they show it now, and it looks the same. 
just without the wall there there's like trees right. <laughs> but the buildings still look the same which speaks to fucking architecture i mean fuck man like that's incredible but yeah, they built them to last it's still beautiful yeah um but i i don't know i, I still i really really loved it and really okay i did i i thought it was it was great like i said it's batshit fucking wild from start to finish, doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense, but it doesn't need to. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, it does make sense to me. It's over. It's over. Uh, it comes it's together. Over, it's kind end. of like a simple, a simple thought or a simple thing that happens, but trying to make it in the most extravagant way possible. Right. Like I'm gonna go grab a glass of water. What goes through my head from me walking from this chair to the sink? And what turmoil goes on in my head? And how do I act like a freaking weirdo on the way there? <laughs> I mean, it's on, at a glance, most people are going to be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Mouse came home like halfway through the movie and was just like, and it was one fucking crazy part. And he's all, what the fuck? <laughs> and like, he just sits down and like doesn't just finish the watches, finishes watching it with me and doesn't say shit until like, the end and then he just looks at me like i don't know what the fuck that was <laughs> and i don't think i'm ever gonna know what the fuck that was he's like but that was cool and i was like i know right like it was fucking awesome like yeah it took 30 <laughs> minutes to get to anything meaty that yeah. was interesting but it fucking pays off in the end man it was cool like it it took me places that i didn't know my mind was gonna go like i don't know it was fucking weird it had a creepy monsters and like tentacle porn and it was fucking crazy and yeah. i loved it like i don't know i was like completely thrown and i did not expect it because when i first looked at it and looked at the synopsis or whatever of the story or how they kind of are supposed to entice you into watching this film i'm like and i read it to you that sounds stupid <laughs> like i read yeah, it and that's I'm like, the simplest this is way to puss it boring to puss it listen to, to me. puss it yeah <laughs> it's the most simplest way to puss it <laughs> <laughs> but you know what the, the the thing that I always compare this to a little bit is I've read the I've read a couple of uh, the autobiography and the biography the biography of David Lynch mm -hmm. and I, I get a lot of parallels there because maybe they're not the same directorial style but if you think about something like one of his first fucking films Eraserhead oh. it's very similar in the same yeah. respect I've had people who hated me for liking David Lynch they're like he's just throwing in random shit for no fucking reason it makes no god damn sense and i was like no you don't understand how his mind works though right he looks at the movies on a shelf and he goes i wonder what life would be like between that movie and this one. and this one what is the life like between those movies maybe because this one's a sci-fi movie and that one's a horror there's a battle going on in between the two movies right, that's brilliant. like he he that's how his mind thinks and i think the same way with andrej it's very similar, you know, and like he him describing a breakup in 40 minutes uh, that would have taken most people all but what, five, 10 minutes at most. Yeah. It, you know, and that's if you're like really stretching it, you know, it's he, insane. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely weird. insane. Like this is part technical porn, part p political movement, part art. Well, I think movie. you should. Like, this part, is a, I, it's fucking insane. This like, is a movie, guys, by the way, that if we spoil it, you should really just experience it. It's really I do, it's like I'm going to have a hard time trying to tell you my favorite scenes because I don't want to ruin it for people uh, no, who haven't seen like, it because it's an experience. It's not OK. This isn't like, you know, I don't know how to explain it. It's not like fucking watching your favorite movie. It's like watching an experience. 
I don't know how to explain that. I feel the that. same way, and that's like I am also struggling with how we're going to discuss favorite scenes without totally killing it. Because yeah, well, if this you guys, is one that people need to watch right. to understand. If you guys uh, trust us in any sense, like whatsoever, we'll get to a point where we're going to basically kill off our listeners from that point. Because uh, the majority of you probably never seen this movie, um, and it is kind of hard to find. You can get a Blu-ray copy on Amazon. I think Mondo put out a copy. Uh, it's the fully uncut version. There's two different versions. Uh, well, there's several because this was one of the video nasties. So there's cut versions of it because they found it to be too subversive. Um, but you can get it there. You you can't rent it anywhere. Uh, there are other means that you can find it. I think it shows on YouTube uh, in its uncut form, but in the like shittiest way possible. So yeah, just trust me when we say this. This is if you, if you've never experienced it, you really should experience it the first time through. Agreed. Um, another thing that you guys should watch if you watch this movie and you like it, um, there is a making of movie that goes along with this that's actually available on Vimeo um, that you can just watch on your phone or on your Once computer you've or whatever. It, yeah. But yeah, don't watch this. and Don't watch it until you've watched the film. Um, but if you like the film and you want to know more about it, more about the makings of or what went into it or why, there's um, a making of documentary called The Other Side of the Wall, The Making of Possession, um, which is really fucking cool. Like, it's a very interesting take. They talk to the director. They talk to... Um, the cameraman, they talk to the casting director. Uh, it's crazy. And, and there's Neil, a lot... is, is Sam Neill in it? Not that I saw so far. Like, okay. I, I watched almost the entire thing before I had to, had, to head, no, bleh, had to head over here so we could record. But as far as I saw, he's not in it. Um, he Maybe he makes a surprise appearance at the end, which would be really right. cool. But I'd love to get, I'd love to see an interview with him talking about this movie. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people that have like, they, they go silent a little bit about this movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of trivia that we could talk about. I mean, one of the, one of the things I kind of want to explain to you guys, we've already kind of explained what the story is, but essentially Neil, Sam Neil and his wife who live in fucking... Like, it's, it's in Berlin. It's in Berlin. It's, a, it's like the Turkish house, like the Turkish area, but it's not. That's what it actually is, but I don't, that's not what it's supposed to be in the movie. But it's in Berlin. Well, they're breaking up. They're they're trying to like Sam Neill's like the obsessive type. Like he doesn't really know what love is, kind of in a way, and she does, but she doesn't. She wants everything, and uh, and I don't mean that in some sort of weird sexist way. That's legitimately what the fucking story is. Um, but yeah, Sam Neill is like the obsessed, I codependent person. And like, he doesn't even know why he wants her. He just needs her. He needs her as a possession. Get it? Double entendre. She is kind of experiencing the world, not getting what she wants. So she's like kind of dipping in everything to experience life because she's unhappy. But like the way that they do this, guys, like she's like, she's seeing somebody else and then she starts seeing another guy. And then you kind of try to figure out who this third guy is other than Sam Neill, this Heinrich guy and thing. <laughs> and it's kind of interesting. It sounds kind of boring describing it like that. But the way that he fills in those gaps with some of the most eccentric, weird shit and downright creepy and disturbing fucking practical effects is something out of a fucking H.P. Lovecraft book. Yep. But a little bit more erotic. Yep. Which is really weird too. Yeah, it was like sexy, weird. It's and and then there's like <laughs> just these. It's intermingled with all these like really 
over-the-top theatrical death scenes of other people. And like how they die is like way overdone, but it feels really raw. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're savoring, and it sounds kind of dark, savoring the moments of those deaths to have more of an impact or taste for the viewer. But I feel like some of these people that die are all symbolic of some sort of peace that she was killing off in her. Ah, that's a good way to look at it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you want to tell us something about the trivia? Yeah, I have one bit that I actually got from the um, the making of documentary, which I thought was hilarious. They discuss about Zalowski's like, initial pitch to one of the Paramount <laughs> executives for america um for distribution for the film i don't they didn't specify it was america or, or what but i'm assuming i don't know if paramount's in yeah probably i don't know whatever this is the first and only film of his that was shot in english by the way okay um so when they initially pinched pitched this movie to paramount um his actual pitch to the executive was it's about a woman who fucks an octopus <laughs> And obviously they they passed on the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they they passed on it, and they're like, no, like we're good. Uh, the but best way to describe this is that uh, was his pitch. A woman fucks an octopus. Yeah. You well, know? It's about a woman who fucks an octopus. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, Why would you do that? It's fucking hilarious to me. I don't know. I just thought it was great. I'm like, but what it all boils down to at the end, that's what a lot of people remember, and that's the big takeaway. Yeah, but I think he could have pitched it a little bit better. Yeah, totally. He's but more I don't of a visionary than a salesman. He probably didn't care. Like Clearly. he might have not been he might have been put in that situation and didn't want to be put Maybe, in that situation. Yeah. So he was just like, Yeah, let me tell you my movie's about a woman who fucks an octopus. <laughs> like, I don't fucking know. Like shit. Um he's very interesting and like chill and Yeah, normal. N- n- He's normal. He's normal. He just looks like an old guy. Well, like, yeah, he looks normal, but he's not normal. Like he, how he talks and so he wasn't cutting he himself or anything when he was like no, doing the interview. No, I'm saying he's a normal person for the most part, that's but you I can mean. tell his brain is very different. eccentric. Yeah, it's very eccentric. He's very different, which I I love. Mm-hmm. Um, Isabella and Johnny actually won the Best Actress Award at the Cannes Film Festival th- that year in 1981 yeah. for her performances in this movie and another film that was came out in the same year um, was James Ivory's Merchant Ivory production of Quartet. Right. So they both came out at Kane's same year. So she won Best Actress for both fucking movies in the same fucking year at Kane's Film Festival, which is amazing. I think is it Cannes or Cannes? I don't know. I say Cannes. I think it's Cannes f- Film Cannes, Festival. Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not French. Yeah. (laughs) But even though she won the award, it got all this like she got all this award and it got all this praise and everything. Um, They had a hell of a time trying to distribute this and it got put into that video nasties block for the UK. So the UK hadn't really seen this movie in its form, full form. Mm-hmm. for like ever so it, it came out on dvd finally years before and it was like oh shit yeah i mean it was initially banned in the united kingdom yeah um right away it didn't get the seal of approval to be released until 1999 jake west talks about it in his video nasties sweet um and then it's a french west german like co-production film that was shot in west berlin the entire movie is shot there but it didn't get released in germany until late 2009 on DVD. Like okay. It was straight to DVD release in two th- late 2009. This is 
The movie was in 1981. Filmed in fucking Berlin. <laughs> Didn't get released in fucking Germany until 2009 and only on DVD. Well, you know why? It's because, you know, after, you know, Everything. World War Two, they yeah. were kind of like, uh, yeah, we don't need this kind of shit. Right. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like they, they didn't they didn't think about it too kindly. So no. that's why all that like like crazy fucking independent fucking gore fucking meisters came out of that uh, area to push it. So. Yeah, and there's an interview they do with Isabel um, who talks about her work in this movie and working with Zalowski like, directly. Um, and she states specifically, possession is only the type of film you can do when you're young. Mm-hmm. Zalowski is a director that makes you sink into his world of darkness and his demons. It is okay when you're young because you're excited to go there. His movies are very special, but they totally focus on women as if they're... Uh, lilies yeah and she says it was quite an amazing film to do but i got bruised inside and out it was exciting to do there was no bones broken but it was like how or why did i do that i don't think any other actress ever did two films with him not that he's difficult to work with it's just he's very demanding of his oh, actors sure yeah he writes these crazy roles for them and not a lot of people can fill what he wants. Yeah, if you don't do your 100%, that's not a... It doesn't Z- sell it. Zalowski film. Yeah, it doesn't sell it, basically, like plain and simple, and she fucking sells it. Right. From start to finish. It's fucking incredible. One of the other things I have, I'll actually talk about when we discuss that scene later, but I had one last little bit that I thought was fantastic. Carlo Rambaldi is who designed all of the creatures. Yes. Um, which are... There's multiple. There's one big major one, but there's actually a couple of creatures that they have in this movie, and... When when he arrived on set to film, they went to pick him up from the airport, right? He ships the creatures. There's five to six wooden coffins or how he transported his creatures to them. <laughs> so they go to pick him up from the airport with this five, five or six wooden coffins with him. And naturally, there's customs officers that are there and they're like, uh, you can't bring uh, bodies here. The fuck is in these well, you know like they're like oh excuse me sir i need to take a peek inside your coffins like they're very curious and they want to look inside and the casting director is the one that was one of the women or one of the people that was there when they picked him up and she was majorly part of the creation of these monsters like she had to oversee when zelowski wasn't available to do it and so she was very hands-on in the creation of these creatures he was specific very specific. They yeah. had blueprints and, you know, they when stuff wouldn't work, then they redrafted everything. And it's a very, very intensive process for these, you know, there's a lab where they made these creatures and her studio and everything. And so they had to go back and forth to L.A. or whatever to do it. So she oversaw everything when he wasn't available and back and forth. So she was she reports that even she was very taken aback and scared, even though she worked directly with him on making these animals, like making these creatures. Like she didn't make them, but she'd seen them from start to finish. Right. So when the customs officers open these coffins and they see these like plastic tentacles and shit like flop out and they're all scared and they shut the coffin door like very the coffin top very quickly and she's as scared as they are and she's like that meant it was so impactful right then and there yeah like, you knew these were gonna make a difference and make the film essentially or like make something out of this and i she's like i worked with them from the beginning i saw them in their like drawn stage before they actually became anything and i was still scared right 
And I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, do you know who that guy is? The creature effects guy? Yeah, I know. He sounds so fucking familiar, too. I know that name. Well, he, Carlo Rambaldi. He did the hand, right? The... Yeah, but he also did the creature effects for E.T. Okay. Yeah, he, he, he had a hard time watching this movie, even, because of the creature was so crazy, supposedly, that he didn't... Uh, they didn't. He was just like, oh, like people. About, <laughs> so you're doing what with that? No, people asked him about it later on, and were like, so tell me a little bit about possession. And he was just like, no, oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, but uh, watch he, ET. It's innocent. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't know. I mean, I thought that was pretty interesting that he did ET. He also did work on Barbarella. He did A Lizard in a Woman's Skin, Bay of Blood, Flesh for Frankenstein, Blood for Dracula, Deep Red. He also helped with the creature's head effects on Alien. And he also did work with David Lynch's Dune, Silver Bullet, and Cameron's Closet. So he did a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? Also, Ajani, Isabel Ajani, she's claimed that after she did this movie, it took her seven years to get over making it because of how taxing it was on her physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. Mentally, more importantly. Right. <laughs> because it drove her, like, she got so into the apart, she just couldn't let it go. So she really just released the fury. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's about all I have. I just thought it would be interesting to add. She, She's incredible as Anna, period. But what's so great about her, too, is that she plays two completely different characters in this movie, and you almost forget it's the same person. Yeah. Like you, the well, only thing that makes crazy. you realize that it's the same woman is because she looks like her, just with contacts and different hair. Yeah, like whenever she's upset, she's like losing her mind. And like, you know, when you would just be sad, this is like the expression of the torment that goes on inside of your mind. Well, to, I mean, to me, it's very similar to paranoid schizophrenia, which is just that's but stu- she's studies, like, like overly like more than that. Well, because right. I, I know but people who are. It's exaggerated. Yeah, it's sure. extremely exaggerated. It is like she's flailing her arms about and just her eyes are rolling around in her head and she's like, ah, like going nuts. Like, I mean, it's like she's a woman possessed. way, way. Um, but one last thing before we jump into our favorite scenes. The movie was inspired by the director who was having and going through a divorce. And through the process of writing about this, he understood uh, the whole situation and kind of uh, was picking on the guy that was cheating on his your his, his wife, wife was cheating yeah. on with. So he kind of makes fun of this guy in the movie as well. It's kind of like a some way to he kind of healed himself. Right. Because the character Heinrich is basically who his wife was cheating on him with is exactly like the type of man that he makes the Heinrich character to be. Right. Um, so, which I thought was interesting. And in the making of documentary, he talks about that pretty, not, Intense. not super in detail, but he gets into it quite a bit. Right. Um, a little bit more so than any other like written interview. That someone's yeah. Done essentially he's the Sam Neill character. Right. So it, yeah, it's, it's, and then it's his, the guy like a, that she was cheating on is the Heinrich. Right. It's almost like a first person account, but, taken into this crazy direction extreme extreme one from one day from here to fucking crazy town but there was a there was a writer who and i can't remember for the life of me but while i was doing my research i heard this guy talk about it he said that there was a guy who was writing about a divorce that he was having with his wife and he was he started to write this book 
as a sort of hit piece about her from her point of view. But as he was writing the story from her point of view, he became empathetic towards her situation and understood why she did it. This writer, it's a famous book. I just don't know what it is. He literally wrote this book and became empathetic of that situation. So it became, it's very similar, Mm -hmm. I think, in that sense, but uh, probably a little different as well. Now, we're going to get into some of our favorite scenes. We're just going to name a couple. Try to just get through them as quick as we can. Guys, if you haven't seen this movie, some of these parts are pretty much the golden nougat in the in the, in the the movie. Like, Nugget. these are the little, <laughs> like, little pieces that you wait to get to uh, in the center of the movie. So, I, I mean, if you really don't want to know anything, I really highly recommend you don't. Listen. But we'll be back on next Monday, so don't forget. Earmuffs. Or bye. Right. I bye, I guess. Um, there's a scene... Uh, the subway freakout scene is probably one of my favorites in the that whole is my movie. Yeah, scene. I just the fact she supposedly this is where she's having an she had not an abortion she's but she was having a, a miscarriage, and so she's losing her mind because she's being she's had sex with this otherworldly thing that I will get into the symbiology of it. Uh, because I kind of understand. I think I understand what they were doing with the role. Yeah, the the freak out scene in the in the subway is just so insane. It literally looks like she's possessed. It's brilliant. Yeah. That, and his how he told her to do this, like his notes to her, right, for the scene were just act like you're fucking the air. <laughs> wow. Pretend like you're fucking the air is exactly what kind of makes he sense. said to her. That yeah. was his director's notes of how she should do this scene and now knowing that and i went back and watched right, it yeah i was like holy fuck kind of like, is because she gyrates that fucking makes sense like yeah. it completely makes sense but the whole scene is incredible leading up to that i still don't necessarily understand how no one else is around when they're doing this if this is supposed to be like regular time during the day like right. busy train station like why is no one else witnessing what's happening here right why is she by herself in this big ass tunnel? Anyway, but taking like with that aside, it's in, it's just I I can't. It's so fucking beautiful and intense and makes you really fucking uncomfortable, but yeah. also just but so nothing's really intrigued. happening. But nothing's really happening. Like it's just her acting is so fucking spot on, and she is a woman possessed. Like absolutely, it's fucking crazy but she's but also a possession as well when she Physical finally possession. like when she gets to the end of of this like moment this freak out moment when she starts to actually have this like miscarriage or whatever mm-hmm. she drops down on her fucking knees and she starts like exuding this like these ooze. secretions of like ooze and blood that are all mixed in and her eyes like look like they get fucking bloodshot naturally from her screaming right and i'm like holy fuck like i just i just remember feeling what she's feeling in that moment just like and she took you there like it was so fucking brilliant it's pretty crazy performance brilliant absolutely brilliant it's one of the best fucking acting i've ever seen ever in any movie well i i want to say like i don't want to get into too 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 much uh about some of the scenes i think we should skip that a little bit me too um but i do want to kind of unpack something that i was thinking about to see what you think about Okay, in the movie, there's there's the green-eyed girl that looks exactly like her, who is the school teacher named Helen. Mm-hmm. By the end of the movie, you find out that she is been having sex with this monster and killing people and feeding it the parts of the people to make it grow. And while so like he, not Helen Anna, yeah Anna the, the the his wife 
and Sam Neill meets the school teacher who is the exact opposite of her in a way, all well put together, like his perfect vision of what he wished Anna would be. So because of that, I feel like she was creating the perfect man by doing this bad shit while he was trying to do the right thing, even though he didn't want to. By taking care of the kid, you know what I mean? Being obsessed, he's he considers Anna a possession, but his vision is that Helen girl, so he sees her that way. And then the the doppelganger Sam Neill is her vision of the perfect man. Yep. And by the end of the movie, they die together, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> uh, and that guy walks off, and it's no big deal. Like, it's almost like the embodiment of what they thought was perfect really wasn't perfect, and they were flawed no matter what. Yeah. And they were never going to get that perfect thing no matter what anyway. It's like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Right. Kind but, of mentality. But at the end, then he goes, the doppelganger goes to Helen's Helen. house, and she doesn't even let him in. He's just kind of at the door. She doesn't even realize he's there. But then she there's like... to like... She goes to let him in, but then, obviously, the, it's, the war's going on, and... It's like that. that well, maybe that's crazy. maybe that's the whole movie is the grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah, I don't know. Because it was... it's the Berlin Wall and you hear bombs going off at the end. It's crazy. So it's kind of like and you just see him like in like pawing at the, the window. window. Yeah. yeah, or through the door at the window at the door. And I'm like, ew. And then the kid. Oh, I love the kid in that scene. Yeah, that was kind of freaky, too. It was fucking weird. Don't open no door. Don't do oh it. Oh, my God. Don't it was open. so creepy. And then he goes and like pretends to drown like in the tub what was that like symbolism for him saying don't knock the berlin wall down no i don't know i think he knew that the evil entity or something like i don't don't know there's so many parallels like it's hard to really unpack guys yeah it can go a bunch of different directions but at least from the the physical aspect of the relationship and the breaking up and things i can sort of get that i don't know enough about the cold war I wasn't during that time to really understand any of the the vibe or the emotion of people at that point in time. And we're not from communist countries. Either, yeah, and, so. <laughs> and this is kind of like a, you know, an interesting um, take on that. And I wouldn't be able to even traipse on that. I'm not some historical buff or anything like that. So, but what do you guys think? I mean, have you seen this movie? Obviously, if you've listened to this far, you probably have seen it. And if you haven't, why did you do that? What? <laughs> no, them. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what did I do? Oh, my God. <laughs> you looked dead wow, at me like Brittany. I did something. And I was like, I did burp, but I don't think you heard no, it. Why, <laughs> why would you guys li- listen past this? Brittany's not following along. No, because I burped I right when you said that. And I thought you heard it. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, I beat Brittany when she's uh, off the mic. The newspaper. So rude. I don't even know where he gets newspapers. Bad Brittany! <laughs> but guys, seriously, like I said, it's like a car wreck. You, you go for the ride, you live through it, and you come out the other end thinking about life. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and you start questioning it. But you don't want to go through the ride every week, not every month, not every year, but it is something that you should see, I think, so that you can just kind of get your brain thinking. I think it's a good movie in that sense. Like, Antichrist was a beautiful movie. Disturbing. Yeah, I love that Real movie. sex scenes, a broken dick scene that made me want to puke. I love that movie. <laughs> I love it. But this is one of the older I'm ones. This is what inspired <laughs> Antichrist, so I think you should definitely... Uh, 
check it out. I don't know. Uh, my friend Nick, Nick Bonaventura. Hi, Nick. He was the one that wanted me to watch this like years ago, and I just kept trying to watch it. He was like, here, man, you can have mine. I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, check it out. Watch it. I was like, okay. And I tried watching it several times, and it's just so slow. I just wasn't in the mood. So I finally got to do it. And that's why I love doing this podcast, because now I get to watch movies that I haven't given the time of day and i should have you finally got to 31 minutes and then you're like holy shit yeah i was like oh that's what happens <laughs> i get it oh, the tentacle dick goes it yeah i get tentacle it porn. <laughs> and i love tentacle porn so i was sold i don't know what to say whether or not i would pick one over the other because i would well i easily can i mean obviously deborah logan pales in comparison to the originality of this one so probably possession but i'm just saying like you can't really compare these two movies oh no the only loose thing is is that one of them sort of deals with possession in the sense that deborah logan did but it also deals with possession in the sense that sam neil thinks of his wife in a possession in a possession way like he doesn't really love her he just both women possessed but kind of in different ways and they're also very stellar roles from both of the the ladies in these movies incredible which is why we picked them first of all and by the way, guys, we're going to be picking a movie. It is also Black History Month, so we figured we'd do like a double double whammy and do a female lead role who is also black in a horror movie to kind of like hit three things. And I'll be honest, there really isn't that many black female lead roles. Not in horror. Not in horror, at least. Yeah. Like, it's really strange. It's sad. Like, and really I mean, sad. we're like, there's like... I don't know. It's really weird. I don't know if like I don't know if maybe we've they... already done Demon Night. We've already done uh, Demons, um, which I love both of those movies, and they have really strong roles uh, from women like that in there. Uh, but we're gonna be picking. We'll let you know on Monday, so you're gonna want to stick around for that. Actually, you know, we're still kind of discussing it, but I think we've picked one pretty much. So we're like ninety percent. Yeah. So we'll we'll let you know on Monday. We're not gonna ruin too too much for you with this one. It's not like. Some prolific movie. It's still a good movie, though. So, but yeah, guys, let us know what you think. Have you seen this movie? Have you seen Possession? Have you seen Deborah Logan? Which one do you like more? Which one have you understood Possession? Do you have a better angle on it? Because everybody has a different opinion. It seems like when you go online, like I saw oh, some of the so reviews all over the place, like some of them have similar, similar things about the relationship angle and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's really hard to unpack that movie in, in an hour for you guys. So I hope it was uh, you could follow along. Yeah. But let us know what you think of these movies in the comments below. And if you haven't already, please go to longlivethevoid.com to check out any of our horror shots, any of our news and reviews articles that Mark Doubt, Kyle, and Sin Fury do. Uh, we got a new writer that's going to be coming up, and we'll let you know about that more soon. So uh, thank you guys so much for coming by this week. I hope you understand we won't be back on this Thursday, but I got to get some work done. So I, I appreciate your patience, and I hope you understand. Maybe this will help some of you catch up. Yeah. We, we pump out a lot. <laughs> pump it up. Pump, 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 pump it up. Balls. But guys, thank you so much. We'll see you next Monday, okay? Stay weird, monsters. Tune in every Monday for a brand new episode.
Zoga. 